Off The Key Podcast, where we talk about music, new and old. And today, we're recording another episode of Off The Dome. And this time, we'll be joined by the whole Off The Key crew, Garrett and James. Baba Booey. What's up, guys? I'm uh, I'm a little under the weather, so sorry if I sound a little weird. But today, we actually had a pretty interesting talking point. James was kind of the the one who brought it up, so... Take the floor, James. So I was watching this video the other day talking about how different music and the music industry in general is today from how it was back in the day, like 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. There are a lot of interesting points brought up there, and I just wanted to know what you guys think about how music is today as compared to it was years ago. Was music really better back in the day? I will say overall, no. I will say that there are definitely decades of music that I think are overall more diverse and more solid than others. For example, you cannot tell me that 70s and 80s music is just as good or worse than 50s music. But I don't really think music is any worse. I will say that what music does better over time is that bands and artists find a way to mix more genres into their music seamlessly. I think back then you had a lot of people experimenting with different genres, but I don't think they did it as frequent or and as seamlessly as bands today. That that just comes with age and just how long, you know, a genre of music has been available. These bands have had more time to, I guess, you know, listen to other people record it and other people have their takes on it that now it feels like it's I don't know, it feels like it's more of a more of like a music melting pot, if you will. Are you saying that music is more refined nowadays in terms of genres and stuff? Yeah, I think when, like, just look at certain bands like Elephant Jim or other bands. Like they can incorporate these various sounds and genres, or even like Fishman's from the 90s. They can incorporate various sounds and do it pretty seamlessly. Like, Fishman's, like, incorporates their reggae and their dream pop and, like, all that stuff very, very seamlessly. But then you had some other, like, bands, like, early on trying new stuff. And, I don't know, to me, it just it doesn't feel like it's... It seems like bands, especially in rock, had a harder time incorporating non-rock genres as seamlessly into their music as they do now. And I just feel like that's just, over time, people have had, you know, more of a chance to have these genres kind of just like sink in just more material and so is genre fluidity you think that has had a positive impact on the quality of music i, just, I think so i, I think wouldn't so. actually agree with that statement in my opinion it's kind of a double-edged sword so in the modern age promotion doesn't matter advertisement doesn't matter you know being with a record label does not matter as much as it did back in the day yes back then you had to go to the record store. You had to sift through a pile of albums, and most of them were probably crap. And all you really had to rely on was the cover and the back with the track listing. Or if you heard it on the radio or in mm-hmm. promotion, or if the band was local in your area or something like that. Or if a friend had the CD or something. Like it was a lot more word of mouth and exploration back in the day. Now I do think that's still there but it is significantly easier for independent artists and people who aren't associated with record labels to get out there. 
Because for one, back then, record labels were picky. They wanted what would make money, and they wanted what would get airplay. Yeah. Which made it harder for more experimental music, more off-the-beaten-path music to make it. So I think it's a good thing, but that also does lead to a major oversaturation of just all of these different music genres, these musical styles. Like, everybody's trying to be a fucking SoundCloud, Playboy Cardi, trap rapper, or, you know, the next big dream pop singer or something, some bullshit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. There's, in general, I believe that it is a good thing that music is easier to access and the barrier to entry is much lower than it used to be. Significantly lower. I mean, you can just fucking record fart sounds with reverb for 10 minutes and put it on SoundCloud for free. Yeah. But there are some cons to that. Like, yes, there was a lot more gatekeeping back in the day, but that forced bands and musicians to become really, really good, like professionals in their craft. I believe that that contributed very much to the general quality of music from decades ago. Whereas now, because the barrier to entry is lower, like you just said, you could record fart sounds and put it on SoundCloud. The general quality of music has, of popular music at least, has declined somewhat. It's much easier to just put out music if people like it, if it becomes popular, then you've already got it. If Drake did what he has done in the last five years, back in like the 70s or the 80s, he would get tore apart. He would be on the street. If he put out, as compared to his past stuff, if he dropped... You know, CLB and honestly, never mind. Back in the seventies, he would honestly be begging for change. Yeah, he would be a laughing stock. Yeah, nobody would want to sign him. Nobody would want to talk to him. It'd be over. And I also think I think now there's a little bit more of an onus into advertising. Doesn't matter, but you as a personality attached to that musician, there's a little bit more of an onus on that than there was in years past. Yeah, you you were you still have to market yourself, but you don't mm. have to go through advertising agencies and, and labels to, to drop you know millions of dollars on ads and billboards and all that bullshit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You don't have to prove yourself with your craft yeah, as much as you used to. And look, I'm, I'm not saying that there's no good music nowadays. I'm, it's, this isn't like that old boomer take that just says rap is bad, there's no good music now. That, there is good music today, but you have to dig for it. And I, I think that's kind of a problem. What you're trying to say is that back then, like, 70s, we'll just say 1970s or 80s, it was, the pool was not very wide, but it was tall. And yeah. now, the pool is shorter and wider. See, I kind of yeah. disagree because there was a mountain of shit that came out in all of those decades, but the the thing that we have, the advantage we have, is the hindsight. So all of the good stuff, all the high-quality stuff that came out during those times aged like fine wine and rose to the top and is still talked about to this day. And I think that even though there is a greater oversaturation, that it will have the same effect in the future for music of today. Yeah. I suppose it could be like a cyclical thing. Yeah. And, of course, look, music is very much a like all art, is very much a subjective thing. Your attachment to it and your 
your perception of its quality depends on each individual. Oh, yeah. Like, for me, you know, if you're real big into pop, I mean, there are weaker decades than others. Like, I personally think that pop in the 90s was at a kind of like a down point from the 80s and then in the 2000s. But if you're like, you say, oh, you're big into rock, then, well, you would say, oh, okay, you know, the 80s and 90s were a high point. And then that early, very, very early 2000s, like from 2000, 2005 was kind of weak. You know, you, yeah. it all depends on what genres that you're invested in. Man, I thought pop and like, 2010 and like the early 2010s was very weak but rock in the early 2010s was and like indie and like alternative i thought that was very strong yeah there was a big wave of alternative in the 2010s um rap from 2010 to 2015 very strong yeah and kind of to bring it back to the main core point i think that overall is a positive and i do agree that there is more there is more crap out there there is there's a lot more you have to sift through to add a little bit to that, you know, now artists that are making good music and are making exciting music, but don't have the resources that bigger acts do like fucking Drake, who can just drop whatever and get 2 billion plays can actually create a niche and an audience for themselves to succeed. Yeah. But, and I think, I think that's a dub. I think it's positive generally. Yeah. But the problem is like, Popular music compared to back in the 70s is generally way lower in the quality scale. Okay, so back in those days, like I was saying, there was a higher barrier to entry. So you had to be really, really, really good at your craft. That created a situation where you had all just the best of the best up there making the popular music. Whereas nowadays, there's not as much emphasis on that. So you end up getting things like reusing melodies and the writing is a lot lazier now. I agree with when it comes to like the top 10, I believe that if you took like the top 10 most popular, I don't know, let's just go with like hip hop, the top, like the whatever the top 10 songs were in like 97, 98, at least me personally, that, that would blow out of the water. The current, whatever the top 10 rap songs are like yeah. from, from last year or something. See, or even this year. I guess the issue I have here is there was still a lot of garbage that was popular in those decades. And that's why, yeah. like, pop music, at least as an example, and music in general, really, like, people are going to be reusing the same structures, the same melodies, the same rhythms f- until the end of time. Yeah, but there, in the songs back then, there was more movement. There was more variety in the music because they understood melodies and song structures and everything because like i was saying these were all professional musicians doing this stuff whereas nowadays you have drake making a song that's just you've got maybe one two chords in it and it just it's the same thing throughout the rest of the song and he's just auto-tuning over the talking over the fucking track and it's just it's ridiculous i also say you also have when it comes to like the dynamics of the song like not changing throughout I'll give an example. I mean, it's, it's definitely of higher quality because obviously Drake didn't care and phoned it in, but like Smoke on the Water or like Sunshine of Your Love, just the same riff doesn't really change. You might have a guitar See, that, solo in I'm, there on the bridge, but it just like, doesn't. There's movement in those songs. Like, Yeah, but it's, it's just, it's, I mean, mostly for like Smoke on the Water, besides like toward the end, it's literally just like the same riff and then chorus and then guitar solo. 
And I can think of more to the point songs than that. I just don't have any off the well, top there, of my there's head. There's changes in chords and like there's an intro, there's a verse riff, then there's a chorus that changes. And then there's the solo section, a bridge. There's all this movement going on in the song. But in like Drake's new music, Jack Harlow's shit, it starts off with one idea and then it's that's it for the rest of the song. And I get your point there, but you are bringing up two of the biggest defenders yeah. in, in popular well, music right now. I, I know. And <laughs> no, I they're get, like in the top 10 on almost every single chart. <laughs> so I get your point. I'm just saying that I'm, I guarantee you, if you went back to the top 10 songs of like the 80s or like top 10 songs of 1985 or 1991, I bet you there would be some absolute stinkers there probably would but i believe it would be fewer than it is today and you know you do i'm not like totally disagreeing with you here i'm just saying that you know i think that yes there is oversaturation but i think that this the the same principle still applies that the good music the great stuff is going to still rise to the top and age well and be remembered we could actually do that we could actually bring up like a top 10 chart for this year and we could compare it to like on a, a random decade and past, well, we can we could we could actually see, yeah. yeah. What we Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. All right. Yeah. We'll be right back. Do 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 do. All right. So we uh, had to cut for a minute, but we came back and we found a Billboard Hot 100 list of the top songs of the 1980s and the top songs of the 2010s, and we're going to do a comparison. So this is based on number one hits and how long they were at that position. On the Billboard Hot 100. Okay, so we'll start with number 10. Uh, We have Lady by Kenny Rogers from 1980. It peaked at number one on November 15th, 1980. Mid. I I told you that Kenny was going to be on there. I dude, I just do not like Kenny Rogers. (laughs) Mid. It's it's not a bad song per se, but very mid. Not even his best song. Not even his top three best songs. It's not even the best Kenny Rogers song. Yeah, The Gambler, like stuff like Islands in the Stream, stuff from like way back then. Yeah, no. Yes. All right. So let's see. What's number 10 from the 2010s? Super Bass by Nicki Minaj. It's actually really close between Adorn by Miguel and uh, and Super Bass. I actually do like that song. I think that's honestly her least offensive hit, and it was pretty good. It's pretty catchy. It's got a nice melody. It does. Uh, you know, Nicki Minaj does show her rapping chops. I don't know some of her bars. Oh, there is a, a, a like a bar in particular for about five seconds that is absolute garbage. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not her best showing, but she displays her technical ability. Yes, I don't think it's the best Nicki Minaj song. I think it's a solid hit. Yeah. All right, number nine, we got. Call Me by Blondie peaked at number one on April 19th, 1980. That's a good hit. Yeah. I actually like that song. Yeah, I yeah. think that is That's a great hit. Blondie is solid. Blondie's made some good music. Solid. I think it's a good hit. So, what we got for number nine on the 2010s? I'm actually not familiar with this track. It's Dancing on My Own by Robin. Yeah. No, I'm honestly, Blondie, I'd rather listen to Call Me. Anytime yeah. Than uh, that Blondie, song. 80s get the dub here. We we went back and listened to it, and, and it was just, it was very derivative. But anyway, it had a good melody. So, number eight on the 1980s Billboard Hot 100, Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson's Say, Say, Say. Peak position, number one at December 10th, 1983. Not bad. I'd say it's solid. I think it's a it's decent solid. hit. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't really care for Paul McCartney outside of the Beatles, personally. Cap. So, mine is... Number, <laughs> number eight is Countdown by Beyonce. I'm going to say that wins this. That's, that's a dub. Yeah. That, any, is, that any, is a classic. That is a it's hard classic. To, it's hard to compete with Beyonce. Yeah. Banger. That is a dub. Yep. So, what, what's the score right now? What's the score? 2-2? Two, 2-2, two? Two, two, yeah. 2-2. Two, two. I think my point is being demonstrated here. But we'll keep going. So, number seven, Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. That yeah, is a certified classic. Another One Bites the Dust. It's a certified that classic. That is, yeah. I know yeah. it's overplayed, but it is banger. But every, every, every fucking Queen song is overplayed, but this is a classic. I, I can't argue with that. There's some real bangers here, but there's also some real mediocre garbage. Man, I thought that number seven for the 2010s would knock whatever you brought up out of the park, but... Man, mm-mm. it's uh, what's, what's number seven? Hold on, we're going home by Drake. That's act, dude. That is a great song. Let's hold on, we're going home. Yeah, I was like, oh man, easy dub. And then you pulled out the Queen. I was like, ooh, well, nope. Nah, <laughs> those nope. are <laughs> those are both equally great hits. Well, not equally, but they're both great hits. Another one bites the dust. Definitely gets the dub here, but that's like one of my favorite Drake songs. Yeah, I feel like '80s is gonna get the next dub too. Is the next song on the Depends. 2010s? We'll see. Flash Dance, What a Feeling by Irene Cara. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard that song? No, I've not heard that Have you heard that song? that song? Let's play it real quick. Be right back, guys. Okay, so we went and listened to it, and I was actually reminded of it. This is actually a great song yeah. from the 80s. Yeah. yeah. Pretty solid. It, it reeks of the 80s. Yeah. Yes. It is very, <laughs> it has all the 80s tropes. You know, the, the synths, that fucking, what is that drum bit? That, that specific, like, drum rhythm called? I know. Yeah, I mean, it's just the typical, like, gated drums everyone used at the time electronic drum sets or drum okay. machines okay so what was what was the uh 2010s one we can't stop by miley cyrus oh fuck. garbage garbage that was bad song no. terrible big l that was a big l miley big this i think the only good song that i can even tolerate by miley cyrus is is <laughs> it's i know it's old and it's really corny but party in the usa i think it's the only worst song worth it's worth a catchy song hers. Okay, so what's the score right now? 4-2? Yeah. yeah. 4-2? Okay, okay. 5, Every Breath You Take by The Police. Classic. Oh, no. Classic. What's it the next one? Oh, it's no. a classic. Oh, man, what's the next I, I don't want the police to lose because I'm a sting stand, but man, it's Fellas in Paris by Jay-Z and Dude, that Kanye. is a... That yeah, is a- as- Certified. Yeah, name. I can't. I'm so. I'm sorry, Sting. I gotta. You gotta hold the hot. That is hot and fresh ale on uh, this one. Certified banger. I disagree. Four three. I disagree. Have you heard that song? Certified yeah. banger. Yeah, so four so, three. I I disagree still, but I do like that song. Nah, I would take Brothers in Paris over. Yeah, here. I I personally, while I am a big Sting and the Police fan, Every Breath You Take is their most overrated song. It, I is their most overplayed song. It it's is so overrated. But it's, it's one of the worst song. police songs. It's a great song. I think it's one of the worst police songs. Okay, that's a little cap. I think it's their worst hit. I think I hate it because I've heard it so much. Fair. Yeah. To be fair, this is one of the biggest hits of the 1980s. But anyway, now we're getting into the top half here. Mm-hmm. Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Classic. Yep. Classic. Great. July 24th, 1982. Peaked at one. What you got on the list? Mm. Another certified classic. Rolling in the Deep by Adele. Oh, this is very close, mm, very close for yeah. me. I got to give it to Adele on this one, to be honest. I would have to agree, honestly. I, the Tiger, I, has had a huge cultural impact and everything, but 
I think both songs are massive and have just completely outlived. They're just going to live on forever. Yeah. Rolling in the Deep was inescapable. It was in everything. Same with Eye of the Tiger. I mean, they're both wonderful pieces of music. Is this one a we'll tie? Just, we'll just tie this one. Okay. Yeah. So it's still 4-3. We'll because I think they're both great. 4-3-1. All right. Next up. This is actually going to be a heavy hitter. Uh, Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. Ooh. <sighs> All right, Garrett. Hit us. Get lucky, Daft Punk and Pharrell Williams. Bro. <laughs> Bro. Dude, I love both of these songs. Ugh. All right. Honestly. I'm going to give it to Get Lucky, to be honest. Get Lucky is a certified 2010s banger. Oh, I'm, I'm going to give it to Get Lucky here. Maybe it's my young strapping lad bias, but... Yes. Well, we're all tied uh, up. We are I, all tied up with two I I disagree with you guys on that one again. Have you heard Get Lucky? Yes, of course I <laughs> Is that not How, one of the most obnoxiously catchy songs you've ever heard with, in your life? With not, with the thing it is. is, it's funny because it's competing against the 80s with like a guitarist from that played in that decade doing the funk and like the disco and the pop stuff with Nile Rodgers. So it's funny that an 80s song is getting beat by a guy who's pretty much playing like late 70s, early 80s, like... Guitar it, riffs. Yeah, stylistically, <laughs> like the songs are "Get Lucky" is very reminiscent of the seventies and eighties. Yes, so it's very, it's kind of ironic. I think "Get Lucky's better though. All right, next one, "Betty Davis Eyes" by Kim Carnes. Honestly, At I don't like that two. song. I, I don't. I think that's an mm-hmm. L. I don't like the modern song either. It's "Teenage Dream" by Katy Perry. <sighs> I don't know about that. I gotta give it to Katie by uh, by a hair, but man, I do not like either of these songs. Me neither. I mean, maybe maybe there is some impartiality here, you know, growing up with Katy Perry, but eh, I'll give it to Teenage Dream. Now for the number one song of the nineteen eighties, "Physical" by Olivia Newton John. Garbage. <laughs> Why does it seem like the higher up the list we go, the worse the songs get? Dude, Get Lucky was number three. That is like well, one of well, my besides, favorite songs well, besides that, of the but, 2010s. But man, the number one hit for the 2010s was We Found Love, Rihanna and Calvin Harris. Really? Yeah. Wow. I wasn't expecting that. I don't like either of these songs. Yeah, I know. I was, I was like, <laughs> but Olivia Newton-John is really bad. She shouldn't even be on the list at all. She shouldn't even sniff it. So I think I'm going to give it to Rihanna. Give it a re-re. What is, so what is the final score? Final score, I believe, is... So we did like, the tie, so it'd be what four, five, one. So, so modern music, modern hits win by one. So here's the point we're trying to demonstrate here with this. There's a lot of music out there of varying qualities, and sometimes garbage gets big, and sometimes great music gets big. It's just the game you play. That's true. I think this demonstrated my point incredibly well. Well, there is also some that I was banking on that I'm just like, yeah, this is going to be like, I thought for a fact that Moves Like Jagger was going to be on this list. And it was just going to be an instant L. I thought that there'd be better 80s. I thought Madonna, Madonna and Michael Jackson. I mean, Michael Jackson with the Say 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 was up there, but Madonna's not on this list? What in the world? Madonna was on the Hot 100 multiple times yeah, but this is this is yeah, just like, individual songs i thought for sure that like a virgin or, or something would be yeah. in that top 10 it is honestly quite shocking that it was and this list is bigger and i believe there is a madonna song or here. beat it 
So you're telling me that Thriller beat it and Billie Jean, people wanted to listen to Physical by Olivia Newton-John more than those songs. Cap. This, this is just this is just cap. based on the Billboard statistics. Now, it see it says here, fake news question mark, that there were multiple songs from like Billie Jean was on there, Beat It was on there as well, but it was like towards the bottom. It was like fifteen, sixteen mark. So sometimes it's just those oddball songs, man. I guarantee if you pull up one for the nineties, it'd be like Rico Suave would be up there in like the top ten, and just it's really. Nonsense. Trying to predict what was going to be two thousand. What's going to have staying power is just. There's yeah. probably fucking a pitbull song in the two thousands. Yeah. The point here is, listener, that this is just one example of many that music, in my opinion, has stayed not relatively the same, but the general quality is always going to vary, no matter what, no matter what decade. Yeah, and I'm starting to see a little bit more of that with our with our comparison. I think that was very. Yeah. Good comparison. And this is just one comparison of, I mean, I'm sure if somebody did like statistics and actually did like real quantitative data on it, it would be a little bit different, but I, I think it would be relatively even. Fair enough. I'll acquiesce. Yeah. But regardless, I still think this was a good discussion point. I would love it's, to praise and or crap on more Billboard top 10 lists. Yeah, I mean, if, if, you, if you enjoyed this, we can, uh, we can do another round of it, maybe in another Off the Dome or something. Yeah. Uh, overall, I think that's a good closer to that discussion point. Were there any final thoughts you guys had on the question at hand, the topic at hand? It's a hot debate. It has been for really since the 2000s, as far as I'm, I'm aware. I just thought it would be an important discussion point. We'll probably talk more about it later on. And different album reviews and stuff. Yeah, true. So what have you guys been listening to this week? Someone's making me listen to a lot of jazz. Hey, how you doing, Garrett? Mixed bag of that. But um, a lot of J-Rock. J-Rock has really kind of like caught me just because I've been frantically trying to find some new J-Rock out from bands that I like. And there are some, and I feel like they're solid. Asian Kung Fu Generation put out an album. Sid put out an album. And... Like oral cigarettes had an EP, but and, and while it wasn't like bad, it's just I didn't really feel it was interesting to talk about. I feel like it was just kind of like more of the same. It didn't really do anything outside the box. It wasn't really really interesting stuff to talk about history or dynamic wise. So I was just I didn't really feel like they were worthy of talking about. And then there's some albums I was really looking forward to, like the Regina Spectre album, which I finished, and it just just didn't like the first two songs were great and then just really just faded out was too sparse like her voice is still good her lyrics are still incredible but man it's a little too sparse for my taste yeah there have been some pretty mediocre releases unfortunately you know we were tossing around the idea of talking about that regina specter album but i was man i listened to it too and i was disappointed i was very disappointed yeah i think when she started she kind of had this childlike charm and like naivety about her which is kind of what sold her because she's like oh you know she's so young and she's writing from a very unique viewpoint and i feel like you know bright-eyed and bushy-tailed yeah and i feel like you know growing up and maturing has actually you'd think that'd be better for songwriting but i feel like people wanted that and her lyrics changed and matured as she got older and now it's really different from what people were getting like back in like the 2000s and now i don't think people resonate with it as much that we're in her fan base. And it's kind of wild to think about, but see, I more had a problem with the instrumentals. Oh yeah, me too. Like it was just so sparse 
and empty and bland. And if that's what she was going for, I don't think it worked. Yeah, that singer songwriter. Just I'm just a woman in my piano. It's just it's. I mean, it's the same as that. I'm just a guy on my guitar. You know, you've got to really do it right, or you've got to add some stuff to it. Yeah, or there's just got to be some real emotion and conviction behind it, or it just it's just gonna fall flat, in my opinion. Yeah. So I've been kind of sifting through that. I believe Pond has a new album that I've been meaning to check out. Yeah, yeah, they do. And a few other bands, like I need to check out that uh, Viagra Boys album. Uh, dude, it was fire. But I've been listening to a lot of like Sambo, like old J-Rock, early 0506, Sambo Master and stuff. That's what I've been listening to this weekend. Nice, nice. So what have you been listening to, James? I listened to the new Black Midi album. Oh, boy. Fire. Oh, we're, we're talking about it on the next recording session. I might move that episode up. Yeah, that was insane, to say the least. A fucking roller coaster. Man, I was blown away. I did not think that they could top what they did on Cavalcade. That's all I got to say. Otherwise, I went back to some 80s thrash metal this past week with... On God? Yeah, on God. With the, you know, the whole Stranger Things thing, Master of Puppets being in the top 10 on Spotify and everything now. And and Kate Bush. And Kate Bush. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that they're getting some love from... People that wouldn't have otherwise seen or come across or cared at all. And we had, we kind of had this discussion before, but you know, I do think it is cool when popular media does that and brings an artist back to the limelight. I mean, Metallica hasn't had a charting hit since 2008. Yep. This is huge for them. I was having a conversation about it with my dad actually, because he was a freshman in high school in 1986. He was telling me about how that environment was and, how crazy people were going over the release of Master of Puppets and and the uh, peace sells, but who's buying by Megadeth? And how there was like this big debate between the fan bases over which album was heavier or which one was better. And I decided to go back and listen to both of the albums and compare the two myself. And that's what started me down this road of like thrash for for a bit. But I've got to say, peace sells is definitely the heavier sounding album, but it's not as good in yeah. terms of quality. I, I don't even think that's Megadeth's best album, but there is a serious argument for Rust in Peace being better than Master of Puppets. It, there is a serious argument. Yeah. That, but yeah. not Peace Sales. Rust in Peace, without question, the best Megadeth album, in my opinion. Agreed. Easy peasy. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. We, should, maybe we should have a debate like that sometime. So we like yeah. sit down Master of Puppets. Sit down, Megadeth. We listen to both albums and we compare. Yeah. Back in the day when they were coming out, there was this, the two fan bases were like a rivalry. At each other's throats. Yeah. I think it would be really interesting for some youngins to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Give us some feedback. Yeah. Let us know if that's what you want to see. I do believe Rust in Peace was the dying breath of thrash metal. That is fair. It did kind of come out at a time when thrash metal was really... It came out. Dying out. It came out right before. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Year, because it it was it came out in October of 1990, and Nevermind was released in 91, wasn't it? Or is it 92? I'd and have my, to double check that, but early 90s. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. If you haven't heard Master of Puppets by Metallica, do yourself a favor and listen to one of the most iconic metal albums of all time. I guess you know when I've been listening to this week, Black Midi. I had dude. 
I it's been out for three days and I have worn that album out. Worn it out. I've listened to it like eight times. Damn. I don't know what it is about me and Black Mini, but I did the same thing with Cavalcade. I wore the absolute noise. I wore the sound out of that album. I play it on Spotify now. It stops working. <laughs> Spotify is like, bro, I'm tired, boss. I'm tired, boss. <laughs> it just crashes. Yeah, I, I literally pre-ordered Hellfire the day uh, the pre-order dropped and the announcement for the album dropped, and I'm glad I did. I was not disappointed. But yeah, I'm um, also listening to the new uh, Viagra Boys album, Cave World. Man, that was killer. I was shocked. I was not expecting that to be as good as it was. Man, that has also been on repeat for me. What else have I been listening to? Uh, Dreams by Elephant Jim. We did an episode on it, but I went back to it, revisited it. I've also been just like coming back to that more than almost anything else this year alongside a couple of records. And we haven't talked about everything big that came out this year, but I usually keep up pretty steadily with what's going on. I'll go ahead and mention my mid-year favorites since we're not really doing an official episode on it. So definitely it's Almost Dry by Pusha T. I have come back to that since it came out repeatedly the new billy woods album forgive me if i butcher the pronunciation but Athiopes, um the new denzel curry the fka twigs album capper songs that was like great pop record i actually highly recommend that you guys listen to that all right um dawn fm by the weekend another great one honestly it's it might be my favorite weekend album interesting uh it's either that or trilogy also Elephant Jim Dreams. Um, there haven't been too many great math rock releases this year. I am very excited for the new standards album, Fruit Island. Yeah, boy. I don't know when it's coming out. I think it's coming out soon, but I'm pretty excited for that. The singles have been very spicy. As well as, oh yes, the new Petrol album. That shit slapped. Oh my God. It's metal. It's hardcore. So you guys probably. Excellent. Y'all sleep, but yeah, probably my favorite metal record this year. Easy. And yeah, Hellfire. Hellfire has been killer. It might be album of the year for me. It, it is looking as a strong contender right now. All Spicy. Right yes. We'll see by the time December rolls around. Yeah. Yeah. We are going to do a year end list. Um, I will say biggest disappointments. There have been a lot of shocking disappointments this year. I was so disappointed with the new Charlie XCX album. Uh, the new Red Hot Chili Peppers album. Gizzard um, album. The new Gizzard album. Uh, even the Jack White album. I, know, I thought it was okay, but uh, I thought it could have been a lot better. I still prefer Boarding House Reach over Fear of the Dawn. I know you're a Boarding House Reach hater. I but... disagree on Boarding House Reach hater, but I do agree with the fact the take that it could be better, but maybe this next one that he's going to release at the end of this month is going to be that. It's going to be better. Yeah, shocking surprise release. I mean, like, he he just dropped Fear of the Dawn, what, like, two, three months ago? Yeah. And now he's like, he's just like, oh, yeah, here's a single, and uh, I got another album on the way. This is either going to be garbage or, like... The best thing he's ever the done. The best thing he's ever done. And no in-between. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that. It could be mid. We'll I don't see. know. Album cycles like that, I, I they always... They come around once in a blue moon. I always eyebrow raise. Like, if somebody's like, yeah, we just dropped an album and we're going to drop another one in four months, I'm like, man, I don't know. I mean, I know we keep bringing this example up, but King Gizzard, when you drop albums like that, when you drop them that consistently, there's bound to be a decrease in quality. But that year stretch, they released five. That was actually impressive. That's what made me 
they a, were a gizzard fan. The only one that I can that they were the weakest one in that stretch could have easily been fixed by subtraction instead of addition, and that's Murder of the Universe. And if it didn't have that as many spoken word parts, and it was more of just a solid typical album format, that would that would be up there with all the rest of those releases that year. So it's kind of one of those where a subtraction would make it right up there with all the rest of them that year for me. Yeah, I actually didn't mind Murder of the Universe. I do agree that uh, the spoken word parts were kind of annoying. It was I didn't like Brunswick East. Did Brunswick East come out that year? Yeah, it came out that year. Oh, yeah. I didn't care for that at all. Yeah, if you had a good they they could have gotten the book and they could have gotten way better jazz people for that. Mile High Club is kind of boring. Yeah, very mid. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think it's actually been a very good year for music. A lot of surprise successes, in my opinion. A lot of the artists that I was really looking forward to did not deliver this year. I mean, I was super excited for the Kendrick Lamar album. I was disappointed with that. I still liked it. It might be like an honorable mention, but I was pretty disappointed. But yeah, Charlie XCX, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, that album was bad. dookie. The new Drake album was egregiously bad. Uh, Jack Harlow, the, Mach- the Machine Gun Kelly album. Whew, Terrible. It was fucking dookie. I like one song off that album. I think it was the one with Bring Me the Horizon. Overall, I think it's been a solid year. I know, Garrett, you've had some very different takes on, yeah i think on this is been a, from up there yeah i think this will this is a very weak year honestly the ones in my favorites the texas moon and the texas sun by krung ben leon bridges and it's almost dry all the rest of them i consider mm, disappointing in mid to just didn't care for it there was a lot of disappointment this year yeah especially in like the circles that i the more like more rock alternative side of things which I told Matt multiple times, guys, that I think the rap has been way stronger than every other genre. Yeah, there year. have been some killer yeah. rap rap albums that have come out this year. I mean, Denzel Curry with Melt My Eyes. Oh, yeah, and Denzel, I forgot, that's rounding out my top three. Yeah, like Melt My Eyes, Ethiopes by Billy Woods. It's Almost Dry. I mean, you know, I didn't care for Mr. Morale, but that's definitely going to be in a lot of people's year-end list. A lot of, a lot of killer, killer rap albums this year, and I'm glad to see it. I'm really glad to see it. I mean, overall, it's interesting. This has been a very odd year in terms of music. 2021 had some crazy, crazy stuff that I was not expecting. I mean, a lot of my favorites were like LP by JPEG Mafia, Cavalcade by Black Midi, Black Country New Road for the first time, which we did do an episode on. That Ginger Root EP, a lot of good stuff. King Gizzards, what album is that? I think they did. Didn't they do like K-I-N-G or something like that? Yeah. And there was uh, like Butterfly 3000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was some was, good stuff. Which was when they delved into kind of, you know, synth pop and stuff and like dream pop, which was very interesting. Yeah, the last Arm & Hammer album, that was good. There was that Nick Cave album. He did. I can't remember the name of the guy, but that was also really good. But yeah, the 2021 was killer. Shout um, out to Peaky Blonders for making me find Nick Cave. Yeah, love Nick Cave. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Fire ghosting incredible album you should definitely listen to it but yeah um i think we'll go ahead and close it out here so far the mid-year has been interesting there's still six whole months to go so we'll see what's going on from there any final thoughts guys all good all right well this is off the key podcast you're listening to off the dome and we're out of here thanks guys
Hey everybody, Mac here, and I just wanted to give a shout out to LaCrembo for the intro and outro music. Also, check out our link tree for where to follow us. We are on Instagram and Facebook and a variety of streaming platforms. And if you could give us a sub or a listen or even a follow, it'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. See you later.